It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The leaders of the world, free and otherwise, are in Eastern Europe right now talking about climate change. Is it too little, too late? Hello and welcome to Parts Per Billion, Bloomberg Environment's weekly podcast. I'm your host, David Schultz. In case you haven't heard, there's a big international climate change summit going on right now, and we'll hear from the person at the head of the UN General Assembly a little later on in the show. But first, we'd like to start off each episode of Parts Per Billion with a little news quiz. The way this works is we bring in a couple of Bloomberg Environment reporters each week and test them on their knowledge of what's been going on in the news. The winner gets bragging rights throughout the newsroom. The loser doesn't. And today, joining us are Bloomberg Environments Fatima Hussein and Amina Syed. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And let's get started. Here is question number one. If Congress can't reach a federal spending agreement by midnight on Friday, we're going to have a government shutdown. But if it does happen, this one would be a little different than the previous shutdowns because Congress has already passed spending packages for a few federal agencies. The question is, name three of the agencies that would not be affected by a shutdown if it were to happen at the end of this week. Chime in at any time. Defense Department? But look, let's, you, you gotta you use need, the shaker. You gotta use the shaker. There you go. Okay, well, I, I'm recognizing Amina. Defense Department? That's one. Homeland Security? That is wrong. Damn. Oh. Keep going. FEMA. That's also wrong. <laughs> All right, I give up. <laughs> Fatima, would you like to, to try to steal? Okay. So you already have one, you got my one of them. Um, Defense Department? Correct. Labor Department. That's right. You need one more. One more to win. It's really struggling. Department of Education? That is correct. Oh, yes. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Okay. Whoa. All right. That is right. If there is a government shutdown, those three agencies and several others would not be affected. They would still continue to operate because Congress already passed uh, spending bills for those agencies. However, some of the agencies that would shut down would be uh, the Department of Agriculture, NASA, Homeland Security, uh, most importantly to us, EPA, the Department of the Interior, and HUD, to name a few. So this would be an interesting uh, shutdown if it does happen, but... Uh, We'll see what happens. It's bizarre that FEMA is not being, or Department of Homeland Security is not being funded because with all the disasters, wildfires, the earthquake in Alaska, you would think that agency would remain funded. You're right. I I think the main reason why they can't uh, agree on that agency is because that's the one that would build the border wall, which is the main sticking point. The administration wants uh, funding to build this wall 
Democrats in Congress uh, and some Republicans also don't want to give it to them. So that's where the, the logjam is there. Question number two. Um, as we mentioned at the top, there's a big international climate change conference going on right now. The group that is putting that conference on is the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. Here's the question. Which U.S. president signed on to the U.N. treaty that created this group? Fatima. I could be wrong. Bill Clinton? You could, You are extremely wrong. Okay. You could not be more wrong. Um, Sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, Amina, would you like to steal? Was that the, the, the late President Bush? That is correct. Oh. Uh, Amina wins that point. The president who signed on to the UN treaty that created the, the Climate uh, Framework Group was the late George H.W. Bush, who died on Friday at the age of 94. That was uh, one of his signature environmental uh, uh, achievements, as well as uh, he signed on to the uh, Clean Air Act amendments of 1991 that really reshaped how we regulate air. In this country, George H.W. Bush died on Friday at the age of 94. Uh, the score now is Amina 1, Fatima 1. This will be the tiebreaker here. Whoever get, wins this is going all the way. <laughs> the third question, Bloomberg Environment's Bobby McGill is at the UN conference that I just mentioned. As we speak, that is where he is right now. The question is, what country is Bobby McGill in right now? I, I think that was Amina. Poland. That's right. I knew that. Bobby, well, <laughs> gotta, be, gotta be a little quicker. That. Quicker on the draw there, Fatima. <laughs> Bobby McGill uh, right now is in Poland at the UN uh, Framework Convention uh, on Climate Change Conference. We are going to be hearing from him a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But right now, it looks like Amina has won. Congratulations to her. You win nothing. Um, Fatima, you have lost. You lose nothing. Thank you. And now, <laughs> and now we're going to take a little bit of, uh, of a break, but we'll be back uh, in a second with more of what's going on in Poland. Stay tuned. Right, and we're back and we're about to head to Poland. That's where the 24th meeting of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change is taking place right now. And by the way, just for some context, this is the UN group that was responsible for the Paris Climate Agreement. So these guys are a big deal. Bloomberg Environment's Bobby McGill was able to catch up with Maria Fernanda Espinoza, president of the UN General Assembly in Poland. And he asked her about the state of humanity's attempts to address this global problem. I think that uh, we are in an emergency situation because it, it so happens that uh, climate change is not, we used, when I, we started with uh, the clim climate negotiations, it was something that we thought was going to happen in the future, even though we had, you know, very concrete and solid evidence, but we were thinking about climate uh, negative uh, impacts to come. And now it is so obvious that is it is happening and happening now. It's devastating in entire countries and economies that happen in Dominica, in Fiji. It happens. Uh, Eighty percent of the entire infrastructure just swiped out in 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 one storm, uh, and these things are happening. The two million uh, climate migrants and refugees only in two thousand and eighteen is is a reality. 
So we are touching, you know, the devastating effects of climate change. So it's not about the future. It is about the present. And it is uh, really uh, putting in question our capacity to, del to deliver on, you know, the basics. The basics meaning the Sustainable Development Goals, Agenda 2030, the survival of people and their fundamental right to their livelihoods and to their countries of origin. So uh, the situation uh, really cries for urgent action. How does that change the, how is this urgency changing the politics of, of the rule book and, and I guess primarily of, of climate finance as well, considering that, um, you know, these have been challenging discussions. Is this new evidence going to break through any, any sort of impasse? Well, I, I think that that really raised the awareness, raised the concern, but also raised the commitment. And we are seeing, for example, you know, a very strong and bold commitment of Germany for the replenishment of the Green Climate Fund. Uh, you know, strong voice from uh, the 18 European countries that gathered around a call from the uh, from the Austrian president, he put together a group of 18 countries saying, yes, we need to increase our ambition and recommit. And we have a, a European Union that is saying we will be a region, a, a, re a free coal region by 2050. So these are the kind of commitments that we need. Uh, and we need to really scale up uh, the ambition that we already had in, in Paris. So this brings, uh, you know, greater, uh, greater urgency, but also the urgent, the crying need of coming up with very concrete, specific solutions on the use of renewables, on, on the, the shift, the restructuring of our production matrices, but also in a change of culture in the demand side, the, the consumers, the way the consumers have to change. Uh, the way they live, the way they interact, the way they buy, the way they consume. So this is a, a completely uh, a game changer because we are putting, uh, you know, in risk the very existence of humankind in this planet. It's not a minor issue. Curious what you think about um, uh, the U.S. And, and, and presumably Brazil sort of stepping aside in their, in their leadership on, on climate. Brazil specifically, where do you think... Um, how do you think Bolsonaro's election in Brazil will, will affect uh, the, the success of, of Paris overall? Well, I, I would say that uh, climate change is perhaps one thing that affects every country and everybody. And there are different ways of responding to this, the climate crisis and the climate challenges. If you ask me, uh, climate is the typical uh, global problem that requires multilateral global responses. And the, the house for multilateralism are, is the United Nations. Uh, so I think that's the way to deal and address the issue. There are some other countries, and I think we, we need to be very respectful that they think that they, they just can do, uh, you know, perhaps for the time being, you know, without, uh, you know, embarking in this... Uh, uh, you know, in the multilateral architecture. But what I hope is that uh, uh, the uh, positive developments we have seen in the United States, for example, the, the hundreds of, of cities coming together, mayors of cities, 
embracing the Paris Agreement and saying we are going to deliver on this. Uh, this is very promising. When you see individual states of the United States saying we will take up the Paris Agreement and we will deliver because this is so important. So I think that the role of local governments in general is extremely important. And, uh, you know, in the case of Brazil, let's hope that uh, the same will happen. So given the, uh, a moment ago you called this climate change a a global emergency, what gives you the most hope that uh, humanity will will tackle this in a a constructive and effective way? Well, you know, if you see the climate crisis as a a puzzle, as as a whole complex landscape, we have the evidence, we have the science, we have the knowledge, we have the technologies, you know, we still need to do more, but we have the resources. So now it is about factoring in all these elements to deliver. There is the, the awareness and the political will of the majority. It's almost unanimous. No one, I mean, I, I just uh, ended a, a meeting with indigenous peoples. I participated in the, in the youth uh, summit yesterday, youth climate summit yesterday, and you see that this is an issue for society. It's not only for political leaders or the political class, but it's for everybody. So my hope relies on the possibility of humankind to respond to a, a life-threatening challenge. That's where my hope relies. And that has to align the willingness of politicians, of the private sector, of organized civil society. And I think that we have to harvest from that momentum. That was Maria Fernanda Espinosa, president of the UN General Assembly, speaking with Bloomberg Environment's Bobby McGill from the UN Climate Conference in Poland. Thanks, Bobby, for sending that along. To keep up with Bobby's every dispatch from Poland, you know where to go. It's our website, news.bloombergenvironment.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergenvironment.com. This episode of Parse Pavilion was produced by myself and Jessica Coombs. Our editor is Marissa Horn, and our audio engineer is Nicholas Anzalata. The music for Parse Pavilion is A Message by Jazar and Polsky Obertowski by Mecheslaw Zakowski. Tune in next week for more. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.